house, y'all. He's in the house, man. Listen, listen to this man. He got some good news for you. Hey, everybody. Gather near. The doctor's in the house. So lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. This is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. In our fifth season, incredible where we have come from, where we have been. Thank you for listening, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. So I want to welcome you with an attitude of gratitude, especially with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up uh, on Thursday, we're, uh, we do have a lot to be thankful for, even though we're going through some troubled times. And sorry to say, we're going to have to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, but with an attitude of gratitude, ladies and gentlemen, grateful people are happier. Grateful people are less depressed, less stressed, and more satisfied with their lives and their social relationships. <clears throat> And during this Thanksgiving time, uh, always want you to remember with what Mother Teresa said, there is more hunger for love and appreciation in this world than there is for bread. As you sit around the Thanksgiving table, if everyone compliments the dressing instead of complaining about the lumps in the gravy, and focuses on expressing gratitude for both the little and big things. Everyone has contributed to the day. There's much less chance of having a meltdown. So with that attitude of gratitude, I do welcome you. 
And I was thinking today before we uh, start off the program, uh, just to tell you what I just what I read recently. It said that ships do not sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because the water of the water that gets inside of them. And what's the, <clears throat> what's the moral of that story? Well, the moral of the story is don't let what is happening around you get inside of you and weigh you down. And that's what we have to keep thinking about as we go through these troubled, troubled times. Don't be like a sinking ship because a ship sinks just because water gets inside of it. It doesn't sink because there's water around it. Okay? Keep that in your, in your mind as you go through this, this next week. Okay? Don't let what is happening around you get inside of you and weigh you down. So, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing I want to uh, just bring to your attention before we get to Dr. Michael Yaden, uh, it's going to blow your mind what, he, what he's been saying and what's been happening to this gentleman. I want to talk a little bit about uh, soybeans. You know, a lot of us eat it. <clears throat> Dr. Bill Wong has been against soybeans because of the, its estrogen effect. But wait do you hear what happened from, in this study? A study uh, that was done in Thailand. And it revealed the dangers of genetically modified soybeans. What happened? The study found that genistine, the most prevalent phytoestrogen found in unfermented soy, is a substantial cancer-causing agent. <clears throat> okay? Phytoestrogen. It's like an, it, it is a synthetic found in plastics and uh, in, in BPA and certain... Uh, cosmetics and shampoos, it acts like estrogen. Soybeans contain a variety of isoflavones capable of disrupting your endocrine system. Remember, your endocrine system operates for most of us without, without even thinking about it. It's your pituitary gland, your thyroid gland, your pancreas. Estrogen is a steroid hormone that is often affected by the consumption of these isoflavones found in the soybean. And they also are referred to as phytoestrogens. These phytoestrogens have been associated with an increased risk of breast cancer. But that there's more to, to this, this study than that. The new study highlighted that there's a synergy between phytoestrogens and glyphosate. How many times have we talked about glyphosate? Glyphosate is the product in Roundup. When combined, when combined, the phytoestrogens and glyphosate, they found their effects of breast cancer to be more pronounced. Consumption of soybeans, particularly those that are genetically modified in conjunction with glyphosate exposure could indeed, listen to this, be the leading cause of the ever-increasing incidence of breast cancer. The researchers found that glyphosate, remember that, remember that is Roundup, actually acts on estrogen receptors in the body to promote the growth of hormone-dependent breast cancer cells. 
While it was previously known that glyphosate is estrogenic, the new finding underlines the explicit danger of consuming genetically modified Roundup Ready soybeans or anything made from with them. Hey guys, you think it's only about about the women? Well, there are studies that show that soy can have adverse effects on men also. In animal models, exposure to soy isoflavones while in the womb had adverse effects on male sexual development. Another study of 99 men at an infertility clinic revealed that the men who consumed the greatest amount of soy had the lowest sperm count. Some studies have also shown that soy consumption reduces testosterone levels mildly and modestly, but it shows a reduction. And there's more to this. There's more to this story. We talked just talked about phytoestrogens as a cause of breast cancer. The goitrogenic compounds found in soybeans. What are goitrogenic? They are compounds that harm your thyroid and prevent it from functioning properly. What what it does is it interferes with the function of an enzyme, thyroid peroxidase, which is crucial for the proper secretion of thyroid hormones. You're not, you're not, are not reading this or getting this information on mainstream media or most medical journals, ladies and gentlemen. Unfermented soy is dangerous enough. Never mind what happens after you add the glyphosate to the mix. Skip the soy, ladies and gentlemen. Skip the toxic chemicals. Go organic and never look back. This is a really important study. I think it's been overlooked, and I wanted to bring it to your attention. All right, so let's get on to the main subject because uh, this pandemic, scandemic, plandemic, whatever you want to call it, is being used to, to fool us and school us, abuse us, and use us. We are losing our rights every day. And I want to talk a little bit more about that toward the end of the program especially with the vaccines coming. Now, we talked about vaccines on Saturday, and it was a good discussion. And we had a, a gentleman call in from India with his contribution to it. But now it's, it's really um, getting to the point where we have to take some action. So this Dr. Michael Yaden, he's an allergy and respiratory therapist. He is, is an allergy and respiratory therapeutic expert. He has 23 years of experience in the pharmaceutical industry. He trained as a biochemist. He's a pharmacologist. He obtained a PhD from the University of Surrey in the UK in 1988. 
He then went on to work at Welcome Research Labs. Those of us who are a little older remember Burroughs Welcome. Okay, he worked on uh, with uh, Salvatore Moncada on different, uh, I'm just skimming through here now, different uh, drugs for, for the lungs and lung inflammation. He was the first to detect that exhaled nitrous oxide in animals and later nitrous oxide in the lung can, tri- can be a trigger for allergies. He joined Pfizer in 95, 1995. He was responsible for the growth and portfolio delivery of the allergy and respiratory pipeline within the company. Under his leadership, the research unit invented oral and inhaled steroids and, and other things. He's published over 40 original papers. He's now a consultant. He's also was vice president and chief scientific officer with Pfizer. So what what, what did he say that, that everybody's uh, attacking him and his videos are being taken down from YouTube? Well, here he, here's what he said, quote, there is no science to suggest a second wave should happen. Right? This insider, and he is an insider, asserts that false positive results from inherently unreliable COVID tests are being used to manufacture a second wave based on new cases. And we talked about this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about the 90% false positive PCR test. And they can make it positive or negative depending on how many times they amplify the specimen. Where 17 is the ideal amplification, where if it is positive, you will find viruses. Once you go above 20, it's a crapshoot. If you go above 30, you hardly ever find a virus associated with a positive test and the FDA in their original instructions told the labs to amplify it to 40 cycles. So at 40, it it is almost a worthless test. You cannot find virus particles at that level. So Dr. Yaden warned that half or even almost all of the tests of COVID are false positives. And he also states that the threshold for herd immunity is probably lower than previously thought and may have been reached in many countries already. Why is he saying that? This is my take. Because COVID is a coronavirus. If you've had a cold or you've had the flu in the past from a coronavirus, you already have some innate immunity. Dr. Yaden was asked in an interview last week, about the uh, government policies. And he says, we are basing a government policy and economic policy and civil liberties policy in terms of limiting people to six in a meeting, all based on what may well be completely fake data on the coronavirus. He went on to talk about hospitalizations, intensive care unit utilization and death. And those numbers, based on the shape of the curves, tells him that this pandemic is basically over. 
He said, were it not for the test data that you get from TV all day long, you would rightly conclude that the pandemic was over and nothing much has happened. Of course, people go to the hospital, especially in the autumn flu season, where there is no science to suggest a second wave should happen. He published a paper this month with a co-author titled, How Likely is a Second Wave? And he wrote, It has widely been observed that in all heavily infected countries in Europe and several of the U.S. states, likewise, that the shape of the daily death versus time curves is similar to ours in the U.K. Many of these curves are not just similar, but almost superimposable, which means that we are seeing less and less deaths every day, even though we're getting the case numbers to induce fear. And these case numbers are coming from tests that are unreliable at best. Now, there were cases and deaths were on the rise in March through mid or late April. Then they began to taper off in a smooth slope and it flattened out in June. And it continues to be flat until to, even now. The case rates, however, from these unreliable tests are rising and swinging upwards and downwards wildly. So we're getting a message from the media that we're they're ramping up our expectations of a second wave. But guess what? The survival rate of COVID-19 since May has been 99.8% of infections. Two-tenths of a percent of people do die, mostly elderly. This comes close to ordinary flu the survival rate of which is 99.9%. Now, COVID can have serious after effects, but so can the flu. In fact, almost any respiratory illness from, this, from a virus can have after effects. Remember, the, we were given grim guesses by Fauci, the emperor, 94% survival. 20 to 30 times deadlier than it actually turned out to be. The infection fatality rate, which is a, a real measure here, the value accepted by Dr. Yaden in his paper is 0.26%. 0.26%. So the survival rate of a disease is 100% minus the infection fatality rate. So 100 minus 0.26. That is the survival rate. He also said that right now, it's novel. It's a novel virus only because of the name, but there's always been coronaviruses. He said, presently, there are four strains which circulate freely throughout the population, most often linked to the common cold. He gives, gives the uh, scientific numbers for these viruses. 
and they all have striking sequences similar to the new coronavirus. So in his paper, the scientists argue that much of the population already has, if not antibodies to COVID, some level of T cell immunity from exposure to other related coronaviruses, which have been circulating long before they come up with COVID-19. I was told early on in January, February, that COVID stood for Certificate of Vaccination ID, and the one nine stood for AI. We'll get into that later. And then they go on in this paper to explain about the T cells and the response uh, to it. And he says, it is now established that at least 30% of our population already had immunological recognition of this new virus before it even arrived. COVID-19 is new, but coronaviruses are not. They go on to say that because of this prior resistance, only 15 to 25% of a population being infected may be sufficient to reach herd immunity. So we're, we're almost there now. He then went on to rebuke the famous, infamous, wrong Professor Neil Ferguson, who taught at the Imperial College. His computer model was wrong, and he has never had a, com a computer model that's been right. And it is my understanding that they're still using it. And and that model was used for these draconian orders, which turned free societies into prisons overnight. It should be no serious scientist or person that has any brain cells should give Ferguson's model any validity at all. The governments are wedded to this model because it can induce fear in us. Scientists are not wedded to that model. And there are other scientists who, has, who have joined Dr. Yadin in, in, in uh, calling out the Ferguson model. It was Ferguson's model which held that mitigation measures were necessary. The physical, I don't call it social distancing, it's physical distancing, business closures in order to prevent over 2.2 million people dying from COVID in the United States. Ferguson predicted Sweden would pay a horrible, terrible price for no lockdowns with 40,000 COVID deaths by May 1st and 100,000 by June. Guess what? Sweden's death count is under 6,000. The government of Sweden says that this coincides with a mild flu season. Sweden has a lower death rate per capita than, than the United States, which it achieved without economic damage. The damage we're still, still seeing in the United States. Sweden never closed restaurants. 
never closed bars, sports, most schools and movie theaters. And guess what? The government never ordered people to wear masks. Lockdowns don't work. Even the WHO, which is controlled by communist China, the Chinese Communist Party, even they say uh, it doesn't work. And Dr. Yadin's warnings have been confirmed by the Infectious Disease Society of America. Okay, we talked about the cycles of amplification. I'm not going to go into that again. It just means that every time they go above 17, it's going to be positive, but they cannot get any viruses. It's a, it's a quirk of the test. And the test, by the way, if you look it up, it was never made for diagnosis, diagnostic possibilities. It's not testing for disease. It's testing for an RNA pattern and when you crank it up, the positive results aren't really positive in any clinical sense. They're all false positives because it's not finding DNA. Not finding the RNA that's significantly significant clinically. It can't make you or anyone else sick with these if you have a false positive test and no symptoms. So I'm going to end this because he said if using these tests in real time is absurd. Okay. So you have to critically think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Why are they still using this test? Why are they still reporting cases every day when a case is not the same thing as a clinical infection? The PCR test is not the answer. It's the problem. Okay. So this is Dr. Yaden uh, with a lot of uh, credentials at his back. And he understands these tests. The testing is not the solution, but it is the problem because it makes us all depressed. And remember what I said at the beginning of the show. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Sh ships sink because of the water that gets inside of them. The moral of that story is don't let what is happening around you get inside of you and weigh you down. That's the moral of the story. That's what we have to keep thinking about. I hope you understand that. All right. Let's just talk a little bit about the vaccines and uh, talk a little bit about Robert Kennedy. You know, have you you seen that the uh, Pfizer coronavirus vaccine requires storage at minus 70 degrees centigrade? Why do you think that is? Well, believe it or not, these vaccines are really experimental. Well, and this has something that's never been in a vaccine before. It contains experimental nanotech components 
that have never been used in vaccines. That's why it has to be frozen. And what we're getting from these drug companies now is press releases, no transparency, no transparency. They're not giving the results to uh, other physicians so that, that they can be peer reviewed. They just want to get this out to the market and get their billions. These vaccines contain potentially hazardous ingredients that have never been used in vaccines before. If you want a place to investigate this, go to Children's Health Defense. Go to Children's Health Defense. Okay, this is more about stock prices and money than it is about preventing COVID. And by the way, these vaccines don't prevent COVID. They do not kill the virus. The endpoint of the uh, projects that are going on now is to reduce mild symptoms like fever and a cough or something like that. That's why you have to go back for the second shot. And maybe they got you for life then because you, you know, no one knows how long it's going to last. And no one knows when these mRNA vaccines get into your body and attach to your DNA, how much autoimmune diseases we're going to see a year from now. Unprecedented that we have had no animal trials, just people signing up, signing up to be injected with a vaccine. That is new. Oh my gosh. You know, isn't that crazy? And there's something in this vaccine it's called PEG, polyethylene glycol. Some of our chemist friends may know this. About 70% of us are already allergic to it. PEG, polyethylene glycol. It's a controversial addition because it is related to immune reactions, including life-threatening anaphylaxis. That means when you can't breathe and you swell up inside. Roughly seven in 10 Americans probably have been sensitized to PEG. Because they're sensitized to it, we don't know, but theoretically it could result in reduced effects efficacy of the vaccine and increase the adverse side effects. Moderna has documents and publications that indicate the company is well aware of safety risks associated with PEG and other aspects of its mRNA technology. But it looks like they're more concerned with the bottom line. Lipid nanoparticles cause, listen to my words, hyper-inflammatory responses in the body, which could lead to severe reactions, hospitalization, and potentially death. And why are lipid nanoparticles used in these vaccines? Because the lipid nanoparticles encapsulate the, mic, the messenger, that's what that M stands for in mRNA, it encapsulates that to protect it from degradation and to promote cellular uptake. 
And it's also in there to give the immune system a kick. It's, it is referred to as an adjuvant. A lot of the other vaccines have thimerosal, mercury in it, and aluminum in it, and formaldehyde as adjuvants to give our bodies a, a shot to make it look like it's working better. And these adjuvants, why do they put them in there? Because they are designed to cause hyperinflammatory responses once they're injected. Now, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. reports that according to a recent vaccine trial conducted by Moderna, 100% of human subjects in the high-dose vaccine trial group experienced what? Adverse reactions. In the UK, they're preparing for vaccine death wave. How about that? And don't you really feel encouraged? David Knight, a whistleblower. He, he you know, he, hope the Clintons don't get to these people. Revealed that the coronavirus. Coronavirus vaccine adjuvants are demonstrating 97% sterility rate in women who take the vaccine. How many young women are going to take this? What are, are is this really transhumanism? Is this really population control? Why do we need a vaccine that has a survival rate of 99.8%? And you know the coronavirus vaccine deaths, you know they're going to be categorized as COVID-19 deaths to keep everybody in a state of lockdown and fearful. You know how many, how many deaths they categorize at COVID-19 when people died in motorcycle accidents, jumping off of bridges and so forth? They were categorized as COVID-19, purely greed. There are scientists that say, and I, I, and again, check me out. Don't take my word for it. That the vaccines themselves will likely end up killing more people than the coronavirus. And George o. Orwell would have said they, the treatment keeps the pandemic going and in per perpetuity. And, and we, our human freedoms will be crushed in the meantime. We'll be enslaved. We'll be people in our own homes. You see what they're already starting, or even in the United States, where we have a constitution. They're trampling it. I'm hoping that we don't see mass genocide against our race. I don't know how to say this, but except to say it, we have to resist this corona vaccine. We need more information, a lot more information. How long does the immunity last? Is there immunity enhancement? In other words, is there a significant percentage of people who are going to get the vaccine and actually get sicker than they would from the COVID? How about side effects? 
I told you about the Moderna vaccine with 100% of people having some kind of side effect. Many of the mild, 20% of the high-dose test, test subjects had serious side effects. So do we have to ask ourselves, is it better to get COVID for, for most age groups than to get the vaccine? Definitely if you're elderly and you have 2.6 comorbidities, if there's a vaccine that's safe and transparent and peer-reviewed, you know, you probably may want to think about it. But just remember, another statistic you're not hearing is that the CDC, CDC on their website states that only 6% of the total deaths from COVID, which is over 200 some thousand now, are due to COVID only. The other deaths had 2.6 comorbidities. In, in other words, they had Alzheimer's, dementia, diabetes, hypertension, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. They had other things going on and they were 75 years and older. Just need, I, my purpose here is, is, is to bring this information to you and, and then have you think about it, read about it before you get something jammed into your body and you can't take it back. We need transparency. We need transparency. We have to get the right data. Right all along since Neil Ferguson, we haven't had good data, so we haven't been able to make intelligent decisions. We've locked down our country and lockdowns don't work. There's increased suicides, uh, child abuse, spousal abuse, drug abuse. People dying, still 650,000 people dying of cancer, 600,000 dying of heart disease. And then, as I said, 400 some thousand people a year dying from doctors. Third leading cause of death, described as one, two jumbo jets a day crashing. Nobody talking about that. So we need to ask the questions. So now I want to tell you about a website called Stand for Health Freedom. Stand for Health Freedom. Because if you haven't seen it, you'll see that Qantas Airlines is going to require a vaccination before they let you fly on their airline. And you know what that means. Others are going to start to do the same thing. And if uh, you don't get the vaccine, you may not be allowed to drive your car, go here, go there. So even though they cannot mandate it, they're going to make it very hard for a lot of us to even live our lives. So our lawmakers and our governors need to hear from us that this is a personal choice and not public pressure and no coercion. A personal choice must be the only factor in getting this vaccine. This vaccine is experimental. 
The latest Pew Research Center surveyed more than 10,000 adults, and only about half of them, 51%, said they would definitely and probably get a coronavirus vaccine if it was available. There's already states across the country drafting COVID-19 vaccination plans that utilize tracking systems outline incentives to ensure maximum uptake of the vaccine. They have they've have even invested in human resources and, and public relations firms from Yale and Harvard. There anybody that disagrees with the with a vaccine or disagrees with what the government tells us, even physicians who should know better and frontline physicians. Remember those doctors who came out and talked about using hydroxychloroquine? They were vilified. Dr. Gold, actually, they, they fired her. And she's a, a, a board-certified emergency room physician. And John Hopkins, who is funded by uh, the Melinda uh, the, the Gates Foundation, is urging state and, and public health agencies to explore bundling vaccinations with other safety net issues. In other words, you can't get your rent assisted. You can't get free clinic service. And you know what? The older adults, the low-income adults, the black and minority communities, they're the least healthy, and they're going to get this vaccine first. And as I said, if they die, it'll just be chalked up to a COVID death. You know, the vac- they, did, they didn't get enough vaccine. They'll have some reason for it. The bottom line is that It is unethical and immoral to mandate an experimental vaccine that has known safety concerns for which there is no liability. Just think about this. They passed an act, the PrEP Act. Vaccine and drug manufacturers, government agencies, doctors, and all others are 100% free from any and all liability, absent intentional wrongdoing, resulting from harm caused by the coronavirus vaccine. No one will bear responsibility if you or your family is harmed by the vaccine. And if you have deeply held religious beliefs and you have led a pharmaceutical-free life, vaccination violates, violates these convictions. So why am I telling you all this? Because it is imperative that our lawmakers hear from you. Stand up for your basic human right for informed consent and your basic right to decline medical intervention. During times of emergency, human rights and constitutional rights don't stop being important. I would like you to go to Stand for Health Freedom. Act now and sign their petition. Stand for Health Freedom. This is such an issue. It's hard for me to get back on track and talk about other other, uh, issues. Like I met a cardiologist today, and after speaking with him, I I asked him what is his uh, take on statins and whatever. Of course, another uh, article came out on statins today. You have to treat uh, 100. It takes 100 people 
two and a half, you have to treat a hundred people two and a half years to avoid one cardiac event. I mean, it's crazy the money these these companies are making. There was two articles today on omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. Just like Professor Peskin said, they are poison. Both of these studies, one in New England Journal, one in JAMA, showed no beneficial effect of marine lipids, antifreeze for cold water fish. Another study today, and you're not going to hear about this. This was in uh, also in the New England Journal, showed that regular face masks that, that will go behind your ears are worthless. Well, masks are worthless anyway. They're they have been described as uh, putting a screen door on a submarine. That's how good they are. But you're not going to hear that. You're going to hear about politicians making scientific rules and regulations, and they don't. They're, they, it is all based on fear and control. The only thing that's mutating now about COVID is the psychological operation and media-fueled bull tacos. There was a, there's Barbara Lowe Fisher. Barbara, her middle name, Lowe, L-O-E, and last name, F-I-S-H-E-R. And I don't have it uh, in front of me to give it to you, but you can, you can uh, search her, Barbara Lowe Fisher. She tells a story about Germany when uh, the German government started uh, putting Jews in concentration camps that didn't affect this guy, so he didn't say anything. Then they came after, came after the trade unions. It didn't affect him, so he didn't say anything. Then they came after the Catholics. He didn't say anything because he wasn't a Catholic. And then they came after him. And then he couldn't say anything because there was nobody left. So we don't want to be like nobody left, right? We want to start, go to that stand for health freedom and let's 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 let people know how we feel if you agree. The mask mandates is another thing we will talk about that again on Saturday. They mandates are to to divide us, to make the unmasked the enemy. The unmasked are selfish. Okay, again, it Psychologists tell us that these are the tax tactics used in Nazi Germany. You know, do you ever think that maybe the media should start reporting the number of kids that go missing every day, the way they report COVID numbers? Maybe that would get some people's attention. Okay, I'm going to stop ranting. We've gone on pretty good already. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, when I talk about these things, uh, reminds me of when we used to do the uh, uh, the shows on Block Talk Radio about the duct tape. You know, you, your your head explodes because you you know what's right, but people around you are sheeples. They don't think. They're so afraid, so afraid to to die that they forget how to live. They forget how to think. Maybe when they take your temperature at these different uh, uh, places of business, maybe it does something to your, your ability to think about what's going on right now in our great country. 99.8% survival. 
death rate now no different than last year. You would think if this was a true pandemic, the death rate would be hundreds of thousands more than last year. But I gave you those numbers on Saturday. Actually, I think there were a few thousand less than last year. All right. Remember about soybeans. I know a lot of people, you know, you like soybeans, but, uh, you know, if you want uh, breast cancer or, or what, you know, breast cancer and testicular problems and decreased testosterone in men, right? So a lot of things are being censored right now. And censorship is a tool that for centuries has been used when the lie loses its power. Just, I found my numbers. 2019, U.S. deaths, 2,900,689. As of November 16th, U.S. deaths, 2,487,350. Again, I'm going to give you the quote that I love from Mark Twain. It's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. That's where we are, ladies and gentlemen. And I just, uh, I don't want to moan and complain all the time, but this is a serious problem in our lives. If we want to leave this United States better than, than it was given to us and by our forefathers. I have relatives that fought in Iwo Jima, Battle of the Bulge. They're probably turning in their graves now. What's going on in our great country? It's not over. Remember, we're not going to let that water get inside of us and sink us. Just let that water stay on the outside of us, but be active, be informed. Well, everybody, I hope you have a great holiday. Be thankful for what we have. We still have a great country. Be grateful and talk to your family, talk to your friends, because social relationships are the number one ingredient for immunity and the number one ingredient for a long life. Don't let them take that away from us. Don't let them take it away from you. Wear a mask if you think you have to, but remember it lowers your oxygen and it increases your CO2. And if it's a plastic mask, remember you're probably inhaling some of those plastic particles from that mask. If it's just synthetic. All right. I'm going to go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Remember, uh, if you know, all the, all my shows are here on Podbean, but they're also on Alexa. They're on Apple podcasts. They're on, uh, Google Play, they're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio carry my podcast. Just about, I think everybody but Pandora now has uh, Dr. Ron unfiltered, uncensored. And over the course of the next few months, I'm going to be moving away from Facebook, and I'm going to be using Parler and ME, and I'll keep telling you about that. And for uh, the... the uh, Instead of be using YouTube, I'm going to be over at Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E, where we can have an honest discussion because science is never settled. No matter what the Emperor Fauci says, science is never settled. In fact, scientists like to be challenged. 
It's the way you get to the truth, but it's never settled. We always, we need discussion. Okay. So my good friend, Freddie will take us home and we'll God willing, see you Saturday. Hey everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, it's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house, the doctor is in the house, the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you, I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house, the doctor is in the let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. If you have a strain, call the doctor. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. See you next week.